Thank you for joining us here at VLC. Our purpose is to help people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now here is Pastor Gary Tony. Good to see you guys online family. Welcome. Um, let's uh, dig right into things tonight. We are in part two of a, a new talk that I started last week called Persistent Faith. Now, let me, let me kind of share some things with you before I, we, we get into our talk. We, are, uh, we had a meeting this week with uh, a retired school teacher. Uh, her name is Linda, and she is putting together a program for us. Here's what I've discovered uh, um, really over the last, during some of this time, but just in talking with people, man, I'm finding out that a lot of people don't know the history of our nation. The public school system doesn't teach history anymore. They teach their view of history. And anyway, we're putting together this class, and we're going to be offering, we're going to teach the Constitution. We're going to teach the history of our nation. You know, uh, and, and so as we, we're still putting it together, but I want you to be praying about this because I think a lot of us, I, I know when I started talking to her, I'm like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I think it's important that the further we get away from the founders and how our nation started, it's important that we know something about it. Amen? And so uh, we'll, we'll keep you up to date on how this uh, progresses, but I want you uh, praying and believing God for us. I think this is going to be a very significant thing, not just for us as a local church, but really I think it's going to be something that as this grows will be a, a big part of our community. So uh, I'm believing that, uh, that God's going to send other people to get involved in this. Uh, but we want our children to know how we became a nation, right? That's a good question, Jack. I don't know yet. So we'll, we'll, we'll look into that and find out. Let's dig into this. Uh, Luke chapter 18. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for the privilege of serving in the kingdom, for representing you. And so tonight, Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts. Open the eyes of our understanding. Allow us to see truth. From the word that sets us on a course that changes not only our lives individually, but those around us in Jesus' name. Amen. This is actually where I got the title of our message from, Persistent Faith. This story is the woman that is going to this unjust judge to get justice on her case. And in Luke 18, this is out of the New Living, uh, verse 4, the judge ignored her for a while but finally, he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. Y'all know anybody like that? <laughs> she, <laughs> this woman's driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant request. See, this is the thing that I want you to understand. The message says it like this. Uh, well, let me read this. Let me skip down to verse 8. Because in this same passage, now this is, her, this is Jesus teaching a lesson on going to the Father and praying and believing God for things. But in verse 8, he asked this question. When, when the Son of Man, or Jesus says, when I return, how many will he find on the earth that have faith? The message says it like this, how much of this kind of faith, what kind of faith? The kind of faith this woman has. How much, how much of this kind of persistent faith will the Son of Man find when he returns? And this is really what started this talk because 
in my own life as a pastor, as I, I, I talk to other folks, we, we realize that we're all at different places in our journey of faith. Yes? But we have to also embrace the fact that it is our responsibility to develop the faith that God put in us. He's not just going to make you do things. You have to grow. You have to, and that's why Jesus said, will I find faith? Will I find this kind of, like this woman, this woman would not leave the judge alone. How many of y'all have, have, you have a promise from God and you won't leave him alone? You are so persistent at it. You are, because here's one of the pushbacks that, I have, that I've heard many times with, with, with Christians. And I, I, love, I love y'all, right? But when you say this kind of stuff, I don't want to bother God. Who do you think you are? Like you could bother God. You're not capable of, I mean, the dude makes planets. He, 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 you're not capable of bothering him. Those are thoughts that the, the enemy will put in our head to, to hinder us. This story is in here to teach us to be persistent, to come to God, to wear him out. God, this is what you said in your word. I don't see it in my life yet, but here I am. Hey, God, hey, God, hey, God. This is what God wants. Because remember, we're talking about this on Sundays. Everything in the kingdom of heaven works like this as a man sows a seed. See, you get the seed of the truth inside you, and it begins to grow. But here's, here's one of the big things we do, Zach. We look at somebody else's life, and we're like, man, I, I'm not like that yet, Lord, but I'm asking for that, and I don't see it in my life yet, so why ain't it working? It is working. It's in, a, it's in seed form, and it's still developing in you. Process, baby. So we have to adopt a completely new way of thinking. If you're born again in this room tonight, you were born of a different kingdom. And you have, to, you have to learn how to think out of that world to appropriate things that God has already done for us. This is how a life of faith is not only discovered, but manifested. This is why in the book of Ephesians, the apostle Paul tells us this. He says, Lord... And this is the prayer in Ephesians. And if you haven't gotten one of those prayer Ephesians prayer cards, stop out at our information desk after service and get you one. But he says this in Ephesians, Lord, open the eyes of our soul so that we can comprehend what you've already made available for us. See, all the promises of God in Christ Jesus are what? What, what, what is it? Yeah, but what if you don't see it yet? C come on, Josh. You're on the camera tonight. I mean, he's up there high now. He can preach tonight, brother. Yes, it doesn't change the answer. All the promises are yes. The problem is we see the promise. We step out on it. And then now you remember the parable of the sower? Then the enemy comes right away to shake you. Well, that's not working in your life. Look at your life. Your life sucks right now. Look at it. And he gets you all tore up and derailed and you... you you get out of believing. Be like the woman persistent in her faith. Don't let go. Don't let go. So for us to have this working knowledge, to understand how to live a life of faith, you got to know what faith is. And, of course, this is review. Hebrews chapter 11 out of the Amplified says, Now faith is the assurance. It's the title deed. It's the confirmation of things hoped for Things divinely guaranteed. God said it. It's true. Even if you don't understand it or see it in your life yet, 
At some point, we have to move past religion and begin to live a life of faith. Faith is the assurance. It's the title deed. It's the confirmation of things hoped for. It's the evidence. Watch this. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. It's the conviction of their reality. This is my favorite part of the passage. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by physical senses. See, we want confirmation, don't we? We want a sign. Lord, 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 if, you, if you'll just send, me a, send, me, send, send somebody to confirm something for me. Line up the stars and send somebody by my office, Lord. Huh? That's Old Testament stuff. You have the Spirit of God inside you. And the Bible says that the Spirit of God will lead you, will speak to you. He is the lamp unto your feet. The Spirit of God is, and he will confirm everything that, can, that is involved in his kingdom through the Word. You see, guys, the degree of success in our faith, watch this, it's in direct proportion to our conviction of what God says. I'm going to say that again because only Stephen got it. The degree of success in our faith. It is in direct proportion to our conviction of what God says. Can I give you an example? If God says all of your needs are met according to my riches and glory, then what's that mean? Yeah, but what if you got a stack of bills on your table? Now, see, I, I, come on, I don't want your church answer. Come on now. Listen, y'all, I, I, I'm talking about real life. We're, I'm talking, not when you're up in here, but when you're crying and on the couch because your bills aren't paid and you, 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 you know, and you don't know what to do. Do you believe it then? Because this is when the reality of faith begins to take action. It's not, according to the, the Apostle James, it's not just hearing this stuff, you all. What is it? It's doing it. It's doing it. This kind of faith, this, like Abraham, this unwavering trust, this enduring confidence in God. Here's the deal, guys. This is the bridge to the other world. We were talking, Nicole stopped in uh, the office and she had all these spiritual questions about stuff. And, and so three hours later, she finally said, okay, I'll leave you alone now. I'm like, she came in again this morning and I said, no. Uh-uh. Yeah. But we begin to talk about the other dimension. What's that mean? That's the world of the spirit that you and I are born into. You remember last week we, we used Peter's example of how Peter was walking on water? Now, do you all believe that really happened? Hmm? You sure? See, here's the thing, guys. You, you, this is the first step of faith. You have to make your mind up that the Word of God is true. Not some religious denominational philosophy, the B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. You got to believe it's true. You got to believe it's God talking to you in 2020, right up in the middle of everything going on in our culture, huh? See, Peter was walking on water, and then he got his eyes off Jesus, and he began to doubt. Remember the story of the epileptic son? We've used this, I talk about it all the time. Jesus told his disciples, they, they said, why couldn't we heal him? Because they'd been healing other people. They'd been traveling around. Jesus gave them power to go about doing good and healing. But now they run into this epileptic boy and the demon pushed back and they lost, they freaked out. And so they go to Jesus privately 
And they said, why couldn't we do it, Lord? And he said, because of your unbelief. Unbelief. And here's one of the things I've learned over the years about unbelief. Unbelief is one of the most stealthy, impactful tactics that our enemy uses on us. And there's, there's a variety of different types of unbelief. Some of these, I'll just give you a few examples that you can rate, relate to. Number one is ignorance. You just don't know. You, you don't believe because you don't know. And that's a, a, a big part of our society today. They don't believe in the things of God because they don't know truth. That's okay with that one. The next one is a little bit more of a, a, an area that God wants to start dealing with, and that is distraction. And this is one of the biggies in the body of Christ today. It's distraction from the enemy. Just like with Peter walking on the water, the enemy sent the storm and it got him distracted and he went over into unbelief and he started to drift away. If the enemy can keep you distracted with symptoms, with problems, with cares of the world, you will not walk in faith. Now, now I'm not saying you don't have enough of a revelation of faith to, to make it to heaven. We're not talking about, guys, we are way past talking about making it to heaven. We're talking about you manifesting heaven on this planet. This is what the world needs to see right now more than anything else is a believer that knows who they are in the body of Christ. They don't need another Victory Life Church member. No, they need, a, they, they need a body of Christ believer who knows who they are, empowered and anointed by the Holy Spirit. So you have ignorance, you have distraction, and then here's the worst one. You have rebellion. Because you know the truth, Stephen. You've read the word. You understand the word. Can I, get, can I give you a picture of this? Go back to the Old Testament in the book of Numbers. Now remember the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, he says, these things were written for our admonition, for our instruction, and for our warning. The things of the Old Testament. And so the children of Israel... God told them, go in and possess the land. And so he sent the spies in to check it out. Twelve of them came back. Ten of them said, yes, Joshua and Caleb, let's go right now. Let's go. The favor of God, I'm, I'm anointed. The Holy Spirit's here. I'm ready to rock and roll. Let's go. But then the majority of the group, the ten religious scaredy cats, that all they could see was the opposition. Come on, guys. God already told them it was theirs, and he said, go get it. Go, he actually uses this word, go possess the land I have given you. And they said, we can't do it because the giants are there and the walls of the city are fortified and we can't do it. And the Bible says this, that we became grasshoppers in our own mind and so we were in their mind. They, got, they had the word. They actually wanted to kill Joshua and Caleb. People of faith, these two boys, these guys rose up. Let's go do it. This is, this is what the enemy will do. This is what unbelief will do. You're a liar. You're trying to deceive us. You're going to take us over there, and those giants are going to kill us. We're going to kill you because you're, you're messing with our religion. How are we doing? Huh? You see, guys, God is looking for believers. Say believers. No, no I mean say believers. believers. There we go. God's looking for believers that will be persistent, that will stick with him long enough until they become unwaveringly confident in the things that Jesus said. In other words, having done all to stand, they'll stand in faith. They won't be shaken by the situation. But living this kind of life of faith 
It won't just happen on accident. You won't just wake up one day and be a water walker. You won't just wake up one day and be this person of faith. You have to, you have to develop this. You have to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, so that you don't drift away like Peter did. Remember we talked about this last week? We talked about vision drift and how much of a real deal that is for people. You see, our enemy, guys, let, let me take just a second here. I don't think the church at large really gives the enemy enough thought. Now, I'm not talking about everything's the devil. Don't be weird, all right? Don't be out of balance and goofy with stuff. But most people, Zach, they don't give any thought to the kingdom of darkness. And this dude, you understand his name was Lucifer, an archangel. He run with Gabriel and Michael until he decided to rebel because he thought he was something he wasn't. And then God, like a lightning bolt, Jesus said, he was flung from heaven. Hmm? And a group of angels came with him. That group is still here. And make no mistake, they are masters of deception. They've been around here a long time. They've seen the Babylonian Empire. They've seen the Grecian Empire, the Persian Empire, the Roman Empire. They've watched the, 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 uh, every tribe and nation. They've seen and they've watched the most brilliant minds of this age. And they are the masters of deception. And they will mess with your head like that if you let them. They'll get you to this place where you begin just, just, a, just a little drift. See, I believe this is why Jesus, this is why he asked that question. When I come back, am I going to find faith? Am I going to find this persistent type of attitude? Having done all to stand, you're going to stand right in the middle of things? The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 2 that it is crucial, crucial, that we keep a firm grip on what we've heard. Why? So that we don't drift away. God knows that this is how it works. Here a little there a little, next thing you know, you know, and this is why, this is why it, listen to me, this is why it is absolutely essential that churches come together. We are designed to, it is called the ecclesia for a reason. We are the called out and together ones. And a big part of our, our nature is togetherness. And it's important that we Love one another, pray for one another, encourage one another. Why? So that we don't drift. Hebrews tells us that faith is this spiritual substance. You know, in my own life, I, I try to evaluate just how much of a reality the spirit world is to me. How often, I mean, just look at your own life for a second. How often do you think about spiritual stuff? And when I say that, but, I, I, I hesitate sometimes to bring up some of this stuff because over the years I've watched people just get flat out goofy with stuff. And they quite, they, they, well, I'm spiritual. No, you're you way off course with that. The Apostle Paul was one of the most spiritual people you will ever follow in your life. And you never see him doing weird, goofy stuff. Oh, it's the Holy Ghost. Stop. Stop. Y'all okay? Am I kicking sacred cows right now? couple of them okay faith is a spiritual substance you all it's a divinely imparted access from the father into his world and it allows us the opportunity to become everything that God said we could be like we're talking about on Sunday mornings we are ambassadors to the kingdom of heaven 
We represent that world now. You see, you know what God needs? He, Joy, he needs people that can sit down at a restaurant and, and explain the kingdom of heaven and not be all religious and denominational, you know, not try to push our church agenda. Just say, let me tell you how the kingdom of heaven works. And if you want to come over to our group, come on. If you don't, we'll help you find a group that you like. But we have to be able to have these conversations. See, God knows, this is my job, because he knows, he knows y'all are busy people. He knows you got careers, you got families, a lot of places both mom and dad are working. He knows you don't have the time to spend five hours studying and reading somebody's book. So what's he do? He says, Gary, feed my sheep. So when you come in here, I'm not going to give you some little sermonette. I'm going to get right up in your face, and I'm going to push you to the limit. And if you, and we make it so convenient. We take all these talking points, and we put them on your version app, so you can go home and meditate on it. Like, okay, I got this, man. I see what he's saying. And then when you do that long enough, it'll no longer be my preacher says. It'll be God told me. That's faith. The prophet Isaiah said it like this. Now, the more tr- let me read this out of the message. It says this, wrap your mind around this. I'm God. See, some of y'all, it would do you some good just to sit down and take a break and wrap your mind around the fact that he's God. Huh? That breath you just took. How many of us take that kind of stuff for granted? We all, all of us do, man. That's right, Stephen, every day. He said, wrap your mind around this. I am God. And from the very beginning, telling you what the end will be. Assuring you that I am with you. Assuring you that I will do exactly what I set out to do. I've said it, and I will most certainly do it. The more traditional writing is is like this. My word that I sent out to you, it will not return to me void. It will accomplish exactly what I sent it to do. My word will do what I said my word will do. But you have to make yourself available to it. So tonight, this is my prayer. Let's, let's, let's take our faith and let's ratchet it up a notch. Huh? Let's accept what God tells us. Let's take him at his word. If God says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, if, if God says that my favor surrounds you like a shield, you can get a $250,000 house for two hundred. Right, Zach? Come on, man. But are you believing God for anything in your life? Or are you just, come by here, Lord, when you get time. Here I am, over here, mind him on, stop. God wants you persistent in his faith, like this woman was. The judge said, she is dri- Rose, she's driving me crazy. I wonder if God would say that about any of y'all. Man, you're bugging me. You've been coming to me so much. You, no. Remember what God said in the, in, uh, through the prophet Jeremiah? He says this, I know what I'm doing. How many of you believe God knows what he's doing? I know what I'm doing. I got it all planned out. Plans to take care of you. Plans to give you a future you hope for. One translation says it like this, a future that has an expected end. What are you expecting from God? Some of you all, what you should do tonight is you should get you a, a wish list out. And you should write down some of your expectations. You should write down some of the things that you're praying for. And don't just write down the prayer. Find scripture that supports it. Find promises from God. <clears throat> See, if we're going to discover all that God has for us, you can't let, 
You can't let challenging situations get you. You can't let difficulties and disappointments distract you. This is one of the things I was telling Nicole that when we were having our deep conversation about spiritual stuff. When you look at the men and the women of the Bible, they all went through stuff. They went through battles. They went through challenges, you know? I mean, you think about this. I mean, I know that the Apostle Paul would have loved to have written some of these letters from a five-star hotel somewhere on a beach with some palm trees and some blue water. Remember I, t- I was talking about this Sunday? God used Joseph, and he brought him through being sold into slavery through Potiphar's house. He brought him through prison. And while he was in prison, the baker and the cupbearer was in there, and Joseph came in one day. And he says, guys, why are y'all so sad? And they're like, uh, we in prison, Joseph. <laughs> well, Joseph was right there with them in the same prison. The only difference is the prison wasn't in him. He didn't let his, he didn't let his stuff Huh? I know some of you all are believing God. I, I hope that some of you all are believing God for some, 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 some uh, significant things in your life. So why not expect God to be the God of the Bible? Why don't, why don't you expect him to be the God that, that Joseph served? I mean, Joseph, you think about that, that. I love that story because Joseph went from prison to being second in command to the most powerful nation on the planet at that time in history. It's like he would, Joseph went from nobody to being vice president of the United States. In one day. That's right, that's about all I can say, Bree. wow. But does God do that kind of stuff? Let me rephrase it, because some, some of y'all are starting to sway a little bit. You're walking on water, but you're starting to, Jesus! <laughs> Would he do it for you? Come on, guys. Would he do it for you right now up in 2020? See, I want you to think about this. You could be one revelation away from your greatest breakthrough. One word from God that you, you take it and like this persistent woman that was driving the judge crazy, you don't let it go. Every morning when your feet hit the ground, the enemies, they, they, they get... They get scared because you get up. God gets excited. He probably looks over at Jesus because Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. And God says, hey, watch this. Here comes Stephen. He's up. Let's see how long it takes before he starts talking to me about this thing he's believing for. Huh? Come on. How real is this stuff to you all? Is this just religion? See, you are designed to live this way. So let this talk encourage you a little bit. I want you to be more on purpose about things. Let the, God, let the promises in God's word inspire your faith a little bit. You see, at the end of the day, we're designed, we're built to live this way. Not just Christians. Every human, God made, you understand, because you're God made. Every human is built to live this way. That's why the power of the gospel is so significant, because God made you. Even if, even if you were like me, and you spent 30 plus years of your life running with the devil. <laughs> Anybody know who that is? That's Van Halen, baby. Come on. Anyway. <laughs> I know. Pray for me, right? But God will take somebody like that because of the power of the gospel. It's no respecter of persons. The minute you make your heart available to it, it gets you just like that. It's like quicksand. 
Huh? That's what Paul says in Romans. He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation. Not some philosophy, not some religion, the gospel. And here's the thing, guys. The gospel is good news. Good news about what? See, if you're poor, good news is what? God will take care of you. If you're sick, good news is what? God will heal you. If you're going straight to hell, good news is what? You don't have to. Huh? You see, the thing is, living by faith, I, I, I am convinced that it is one of the most overlooked things that Christians do because we settle in and we do drift. We get comfortable in, in our way of life. We land a pretty good job somewhere. Our kids are about at least halfway normal and <clears throat> you know, and so we settle in and we go to work, we come home, we eat our dinner, we flop down in the chair, we go to sleep, and then we do it all over again. Routine, don't we? And what God is looking for in this time in history is some people that will shake all that up. You ought to be calling people, man, have you seen this yet? I was reading this in the Bible the other day. Let me tell you what, I, I don't even know what to do with this. And you're so excited about this revelation you got, and they're like, so? They don't see it yet. But the more that we do this, guys, this is what God is looking for. He is looking for a group of people that this will be a reality to. Living a life of faith. You see, I, this is why I, I, I keep bringing this back up, but this is what you know, stirred this whole talk. This is why Jesus was asking this question. And I don't really, see, Jesus knows stuff. I mean, he's God, right? So I don't think he's asking the question like, Will I? I think he's trying to get us to acknowledge something. Yeah, you will. Right here, you will. In this church, you will. Huh? See, when it comes to faith, I believe J Jesus gave us the most. Uh, let me check my time real quick. Yeah, oh, I'm good. I heard that music going. I thought I'm running out of time, but they're just partying over there. Our youth, they like to, they like to crank it up. But Jesus gave us this very simple, very practical instruction on how a human exercises faith. Go to Mark chapter 11, verse 23. Now let me set this up for you a little bit. The disciples are going into the, into, into the city, and on the way into the city, Jesus, the Bible says, he sees this fig tree from afar off. And he goes up to the fig tree to get some figs. Let me stop you for just a second. I want you to, I want you to listen to me. Jesus grew up in this town. Hey, hey, uh, hey, Rodney, you know when it's apple season, don't you? If, 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 you know, if, if we, we have apple trees around here. You know when you can go get an apple and when you can't. If you grew up here, you know that. Guess what? Jesus knew there were no figs on that tree. He knew that. But he knew something about the root of the tree, too. And he was getting ready to deal with that. And so he's going, he goes past the tree after he goes up and sees there's no fruit on the tree. And he speaks. Y'all hold on. He does what? He speaks to a tree. He doesn't, he doesn't look up to heaven. He doesn't do anything religious. He just speaks to the tree and goes on. And, and, and I'm sure John and Peter, they're like, what was that all about, man? Matthew, what, what was he doing? What was his point with that? And they go into the town. The next day they come back, this tree now dead. And Peter's like, dude, Jesus. The tree. He says this, I'll tell you the truth. If anyone, who's an anyone? See, that's the wrong answer. Anyone, you should have said me. If anyone says to the mountain, 
Now, he, he just did this to a tree. Go throw yourself into the sea and doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes what he says will happen, it'll be done for him. In Matthew, he says, the thing I did to the tree, if you'll, you, you can say to this mountain, then the same thing will happen to that mountain. So what is he telling us here, guys? He talked to a tree. Now, I know some of the New Age people, they love talking to trees. <laughs> but that's not, that, that's, not, that's not the same thing, all right? <laughs> he, he wasn't developing a relationship with the tree, all right? <laughs> so... But what he's telling us is a spiritual principle. He, he, he says, if you will not doubt in your heart. Now, the heart is your, is your spirit. It's not an organ that pumps blood, right? If you won't doubt, but believe what you say will be done, it'll be done for you. If you believe it. If you don't doubt and believe it. Now, I, let me just bring some of this back. He's not talking about some out-of-balance, magic thing. Faith isn't magic. You hear me? It's not magic. It's a way of life. And faith is definitely, this, this passage in Mark, it is definitely not some kind of charismatic confession formula that if you say it enough, it'll just happen. Well, that's dumb. I can sit in my garage the rest of my life, Will, and I will never become a Harley. And I can say I'm a Harley all my life. It won't happen. That's not what he's talking about with the, with the law of confession here. But without a doubt, according to Jesus himself, speaking divinely inspired words over your situation is exactly what he's telling us to do in this faith lesson in Mark. Not some magical confession formula, but speaking God-inspired words over your situation. It will change the course of your life. See, this is the thing, Jesus' instructions in Mark, when he responded to this tree, he was, he was answering the disciples' question. But here's, what, here's the thing I want you to take home from this. When he started this whole account in Mark 11, in verse 22, when the disciples asked him about the tree that he talked to, the first thing he says is this, have faith in God. What? Jesus, you killed a tree with your words. And he says, have faith in God. What? And then he goes right into the lesson. But see, this is his point is, one, one of the more, uh, one of the older uh, paraphrases of that passage is, is has, it says this, have faith like God. Have faith like God. Have faith, have the God kind of faith. In other words, we are, to, we are the seed of God. We are the heirs of God. So if God, if Jesus can speak to a tree, what about us? Now, see, y'all got, a couple of, couple of y'all gave me a, a, a head nod and I, um, mm -hmm. but the rest of you like, because I know some of y'all, you've been taught this. Are you ready? Yeah, but that was Jesus. Where's the, where's the yeah, but that was Jesus scripture? Where's that one at? Mm -mm, no. Jesus is the firstborn teaching us how to do it. That's why in John chapter 14, he says, anybody that believes in me and the things I do, he can do them. But you got to make your mind up. Because here's what we do. 
We're like, yes, I got it. And then we step out and try it, and we crash and burn, and we don't see the result Jesus got. Well, here's a newsflash for you. You ain't Jesus. <laughs> now, now, listen, that doesn't mean that you can't grow to be like him. There you go, Josh. Thank you. Preach it, baby. That's the goal. We're supposed to follow him in every way. The Apostle Paul actually tells us this in his letter to the New Testament church. He says, hey, guys, y'all imitate me like I imitate him. Ephesians says it like this, that we are to imitate the father like little children imitate their father. Yeah, that means you got to watch him close enough to see how he responds. Because what I've learned over the years is this. Parents, your kids act like you. <clears throat> Some of y'all are like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep, right there, chip off the old block. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, please don't tell me that. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. See, Jesus' lesson for us is this, that this is how we exercise our God-ordained authority as heirs in a spiritual world that we're born into, impacting this natural world. That's why Paul says in Galatians, the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different than a slave, even though he's master of all. You gotta know who you are. You've gotta get your mind transformed. You've gotta start thinking heir of God, son of God. See, the, the thing is, most of us, most, most Christians, you know, we struggle with some of this stuff. Are you telling me, preacher, that I'm supposed to speak to my situation? I'm not telling you anything. I'm reading Jesus' words. huh? He's the one that said, speak to the situation. See, that's the thing. Most of us, we're not there yet because we, we, for some of us, we step out and try it, and we don't see a result, and we just give up. We'll stop giving up. If you speak to that and it doesn't happen the next day because you're not where Jesus is yet, you're, you're still in, your, your seed is still growing, you're still a baby. You come back the next day and you speak to it again. And then you go back to the Word of God and you fill it up again, just like the persistent woman. And you come back the next day and you speak to it again. And then you go back and you fill up again and you come back and you speak to it again. It, come on, man. Jesus told us to speak. This was going to help some of you tonight. He told us to speak to our mountain, not speak to him about our mountain. See, most of us, we go to God praying about our situation. God already come to us and told us what to do about it. See, if you're dealing with a symptom in your body, speak to that symptom. If you're dealing with something that is, that is hindering your advancement, speak to that. If there's a promise that you've got, that, man, you ought to get that and write it out and put it on your refrigerator. And every time you walk past it, Father, thank you for my new house. Thank you for my promotion. Thank you for favor. See, it's God that's the source of all this. It's not like you can do it anyway. Huh? When you start speaking God-inspired words over your situation, don't kid yourself. Having done all to stand, stand. Stand and watch. That's what, <laughs> I love that, that picture in the Old Testament. Moses has delivered the children of Israel. They're standing at the Red Sea. You, you, gotta, you gotta get this, because God, God does have a sense of humor because he knows everything. He already knows our outcome. And so I'm sure him and Jesus and Gabriel and Michael, they're up there some, hey, y'all watch this. 
He, he loves us. He knows he's got us. So he lets them. He lets the children of Israel get to the, red, the ocean. And behind them is the most powerful military force on the planet. And they're on attack mode with all the chariots and the warriors. And they're coming down on them. And God says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord this day. And he says, Moses, hold your rod up. Well, why couldn't he have done that when they got there? Why did he have to wait till the army was breathing down their neck? Because he's got a plan. Huh? He wanted to leave the ocean open long enough for all of them to come in. And in one swoop, he takes the most powerful military force on the planet off the planet. Just like that. But the story is incredible because in, in the book of Psalms, the Bible says that God congealed the water. What's that mean? He froze it. I mean, he's like, and the water sprout. And the Bible says, they, I don't know if you've ever been wade fishing or not. But when you step in it, it's all muddy and soggy on the bottom. The Bible makes it very clear. They went across on dry land. He went, and the water went up. Froze on the sides, dry land. They went right across. I'm sure they're going through the water, and they're looking in there like at the, at the aquarium up in Cincinnati. Like, oh, look at that stingray right there, man. That's cool. You got to use your imagination with the Bible, y'all. Come on. Yeah. See, guys, God wants us at a place where we are crazy with our faith. Hmm? You can't shake him. You can't. Some of y'all need to step up and, and dare to see God do something ridiculous in your life. What is it in your life tonight you're listening and you've, you've, you've let it slip? You've let the vision drift and it's not out in front of Some of you, maybe it was a career path. Maybe it was a new home. Maybe it was some favor somewhere. Whatever it might be and you haven't been believing God for it and you've let it go. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is reminding you, some of you all watching me right now, the Spirit of God is reminding you, pick that thing back up. And don't just pick it up and be casual about it. Get up in God's face like the judge said, you, you're driving me crazy, man. God responds to that because that puts things in, in motion spiritually. When you step over in faith, things begin to happen. Jesus is very clear in the fact that speaking faith it changes things in this world. Romans says that this is how we're designed to live. The Roman, Romans chapter 117 says that the righteous, they live by faith. What's that mean? It means you govern your life by faith. You, the things you say, you do, your action, you govern your life by faith. So when you get up in the morning, get up expecting God to do things in your life. Get up expecting the favor and the anointing of God to be on your life. You see, God designed us. He built us to live this way. He's expecting us to do our part, to live according to our new nature. He wants us persistent in it. Guys, Christianity, was, it was never really meant to be this bunch of religious, legalistic traditions. That's not what it was designed for. We, we're supposed to be living these power-packed, overflowing lives on our jobs, in our schools, at Walmart. Huh? You need to be anointed if you go to Walmart. <laughs> right? You see, according to the book of Hebrews, this kind of faith, it sees God's promises as, are you ready for this? As spiritual substance. I'll, I'll leave you with this. 
There's a cool story in the Old Testament about a guy named Enoch. Now, Enoch, this dude, was radical for God. And the book of Hebrews gives us some insight into, into what happened because the, if you read in the Old Testament, the Bible said that Enoch walked with God. What? You mean like walked with him? Like took a stroll with Yeah. And then he was not because God took him. It didn't say God killed him. God took him. And when you go to the Hall of Fame of Faith in Hebrews 11, it, it takes us back to Enoch and it said, by faith, Enoch walked with God and he was not. Enoch got so close to God that God said, hey, you want to come on over? How do I know that? Because the Apostle Paul, in his letter to the New Testament church, when he's praying and writing to us about his own life, he says, guys, I'm torn between the two. It's for your benefit that I stay here, but I'm, I'm ready to go. Because it's far better over there. And he made it sound like it was his call. Enoch got so close that he stepped over into the glory and said, Lord, is over camp I stay? We said, well, sure, baby, you're here. And he didn't come back. Faith is the most untapped spiritual reality that humans have access to that we really don't have a comprehension of. And, and, and the only way we're going to get there is by talking about it and dissecting it. And when you hear things like this and you don't understand it or you don't agree with it, don't just push this thing to the side. When I teach something and it, 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 it pushes against your religious tradition and, or your sacred cow, ask God, Lord, help me see what he's saying. And if he's wrong, slap him. Seriously. I'm not going to teach you something that's wrong, you know. See, guys, being a Christian, I'm, can I, I'll, I'll leave you with one more thought. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Closing number two. <laughs> I know. I'm terrible about this. Being a Christian, you got to get this, it's not just receiving your new life. It's living it. God, God, needs, God needs you, just like Esther, just like Joseph, just like Daniel. God needs you in your workplace, in your family, in your neighborhood, believing God for some radical, ridiculous things. Step out in faith and be persistent in it and don't let anything shake you. Yeah, I know it doesn't look good right now. You, you, you may have one nostril above water. You just watch what God's going to do, Joey. You watch. Because you are not letting go. The enemy will say, why don't you just quit? And so often that's what we do. Like, yeah, I know I've been trying. This is one of the favorite statements I get from Christians. Pastor, I'm trying. And here's what I tell them. Then quit trying. Why are you laughing, Sherry? <laughs> quit trying and start doing. Quit trying and start doing. I ain't, I ain't never one time in my life will try to eat ice cream. I didn't, I didn't try. Tra Tracy... <laughs> I, mean, I don't know why you're laughing at me. Tracy brought some ice cream home the other day, one of those little, uh, little you know, the Ben and Jerry cup. The pint. Here's what she says, Stephen. What kind of, let, let me get you some in a dish. I said a dish. <laughs> she wanted to put something in a dish. <laughs> Ashley, she wanted to put something in a dish. That's cute. I said, wrap a towel around that thing and give it here. A dish. That was adorable. Isn't that right? Huh? Guys, 
I, I, I know, I know that's, that, that's comical, but listen. <laughs> I know. She said it was three servings. Not for me. <laughs> See, God wants us this way in our approach. Stop, listen, stop trying. Get to the place in your life where you know you are living by faith. And in the words of the Apostle Paul, none of these things move me. In the name of Jesus, amen. Father, we love you. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Holy Spirit, take this message tonight and set a fire in every one of us to rise to the occasion, to not let the circumstances and the cares of the world and the things that we face to hinder us. Regardless of where we're at in the trials and difficulties of humanity, help us stand in our faith unshakable, persistent, driving you crazy with our beliefs on your promises, God. In the name of Jesus, amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.